Robots Radio presents... Today's chat is brought to you by the support of all our Twitch subscribers. Through the patronage you provide the Focus Fire chat team through the Twitch platform, we are able to provide you with the weekly podcast as well as the website and other aspects of Focus Fire chat. If you have any interest in becoming a subscriber of the FFC and gaining access to some exclusive features over in the Discord server, please be sure to visit our Twitch account and click on the subscribe button. If you're an Amazon Prime member, remember that you do have a free subscription to Twitch every month that can be used for this. And for those of you who are already subscribers, thank you again for your generosity. You may have heard the whispers of guardians gathering in the shadows, exploring the mysteries of this world and the worlds which surround us. We are all in search of truth. Sometimes we need to focus that search. Focus that fire! And so we come together! Welcome to Focused Fire Chat! Welcome to Focused Fire Chat, recorded on November 24th, 2020. As always, I want to thank you so much for joining us once again. This week's episodes are going to be focused around exploring the Halo Arrays. This particular episode will serve as what we have come to call the intro session of the week's exploration. Before we go any further, however, let's run through a quick introduction of who all we have with us on the show. As always, this is your host, Blue Crew 86 And this is the, I've been in Audacity way longer than any normal day, green-eyed music lover. <laughs> and last, but definitely not the least, in the hot seat as guest co-host, and really honestly probably just the host for this show, um, <laughs> we have Pins Halo. Pins, how are you doing? Um... Doing well. <laughs> kind of eyes across from working on phones all day, but doing well. Oh, yeah. No, I can. Yeah, I I know that. That was that was me yesterday. Not the phones part, but just the working part. It's like, oh, my gosh. It's always fun. Mm-hmm. But, um, Pins, I, so just real quick. I know last, last episode we did, we talked about uh, Master Chief and Cortana. And so this this episode, we're going to take a big step back um, and actually talk about the... So like when we talk about the Halo array, a lot of people who play Halo, they obviously know what Halo is, the big, you know, the big ring. Mm-hmm. Um, what is, what's, what's the Halo array? Like what's just kind of, can you walk us through that? Just kind of a general introduction to okay. what, what we mean when we say that? Sure. Um, when you're talking about a Halo array... Um, it's actually a group of Halo rings. Um, in specific to the Halo, uh, the lore of, of Halo, um, when the Forerunners were creating the Halo ring um, with the concept of defeating the Flood by wiping out all life in the universe, they realized that they needed to essentially span the entire Milky Way galaxy. And one ring couldn't do it. You needed multiple rings synchronized firing together. So what that meant was uh, you couldn't just have one ring. You had to have multiple because they were stationed in different locations throughout the galaxy. Um, So that's kind of... So when you say Halo Array, you're talking about a group of Halo rings. And even though I know I'll mention before, uh, later on, uh, there actually were two separate Halo Arrays created. Uh, One, because there were two different foundries, known as the Ark. There was a greater Ark and then a lesser Ark. The lesser arc was also an installation zero zero, um, so you had two different types of halo rings. A halo array, each w- had uh, their own distinctive characteristic. So that's right. kind of that's kind of the difference there when you're talking and about then, halo rings. Yeah, 
And so, like, so, and again, Halo is that ring world esque mm-hmm. figure. Um, and yeah, so, actually, I guess it's it, oh, go for anyone, it. anyone who's ring read the books by it's Larry Niven Ring Worlds. It's kind mm, of taken okay. off of that. Okay. Okay. That's that's a pretty that was a pretty heavy influence on the uh, writers of Bungie at the time when creating Halo. Okay, and so a lot of people who've played at least the the first Halo. Uh, Halo <clears throat> Combat Evolved mm-hmm. will recognize that one of the big things with the rings was the flood. Right. Um, so mm-hmm. was was the purpose of was the the Halos were they originally created for the flood or was it actually something else? And then kind of like the Spartans, they kind of repurposed it. Well, um, the the purpose of the rings was primarily a weapon of last resort. Mm-hmm. Uh, it kind of came about in the millennia after the end of the forerunner human wars the builder rate which was the group of forerunners that was designed that was uh its purpose to build things uh, had come to power uh and one of the things that had come about uh that spurred humans into encroaching into forerunner territory was the flood the cov- the forerunners had to come across the flood in a few areas and had realized how dangerous they were but it appeared that they had retreated um, they thought humanity had done something, forced them to retreat, but they realized that it could come back. So what they decided, they, there was a number of plans that were kicked around, uh, ideas of shield worlds, which, uh, we see in Halo 4. We see, also see it in Halo, in Halo Wars. Uh, the idea of, if anyone's familiar with World War II, the island hopping campaign served mm-hmm. in the Pacific, mm-hmm. kind of that, where you'd have these shield worlds that would hop between systems, attack, defeat the flood, move on to the next one, but... It ended up that that was uh, a plan put up by the warrior servants, um, but the builders were the ones who wanted to, who came up with the idea of the rings. So, <clears throat> excuse me, um, but yeah, the, their their purpose, primary purpose, was to wipe out uh, the f- food source for the flood, which was any sentient. Uh, but they also to to gain the ability required support in the council to build it they cut a deal with a life worker rate the life worker rate were scientists researchers medical um they went ahead um said okay we'll support you with building the rings but you have to give us allow us to essentially do what they called the conservation measure uh this was a concept of <clears throat> cataloging all known species in the universe and bringing them into safety so when the rings fired and wiped everything out everything could be repopulated so so it's like a tight titan ae project basically yes yeah noah's ark yes yeah titan Titan ae references actually or noah's ark is definitely well because that was what um going to the noah's ark reference that's one of the facilities that they had right was the ark well there was that or was that two there were actually two arcs built but yeah, uh, the the and, and although the while the the original purpose of these was just to be a foundry for creating halo rays, like I said, the life worker rate kind of got their way, and um, the arc and the and, and the halo ring uh, both had a very diverse ecology mm-hmm. um, and number of climates and, and things of that nature, um, and races were populated. On both the Halo rings and in the Ark, um, so so yeah, there were actually two separate Halo ray facilities. Uh, the Greater Ark, which uh, the rings that were built there were formed what was known as the Senescent Array, and then the Lesser Ark, 
which the rings there were formed at the Neoteric. Uh, both were located actually outside of the Milky Way galaxy for security purposes. Um, most of the Forerunners in power knew of the Greater Arc. The Lesser Arc was actually kept secret. And really, only ma the master builder knew where that one. Was. Uh, there were there were, were some similarities between the two. Uh, they both had a flower-like shape with them and had arms that curved away from a central uh, circular central structure. And the center, which had a central uh, the center had a open uh, area that a celestial body, small planet, asteroid, comet would be captured and kept there. And that's where the halo, and it would be mined, and that's where the halo created. Oh, okay. So they, it's kind of a almost like a Dyson esque model of mining mm -hmm. and basically strip mining, and then using recombining those materials into a, a halo ring world. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. There's, okay. um, I'm trying to. I, there's plenty of art out there. If you were mm -hmm. to do a search for either greater arc or lesser arc. You would see it. It's a. Uh, you would see it, and if you look in the center, you'd see what a planetoid being essentially looked. It's essentially being stripped because mm -hmm. that, and that's where the ring. Uh, so the greater arc was built shortly after the end of the human forerunner war. For, uh, human forerunner wars. It had six arms. Um, light was provided by shafts of plasma that were suspended over each arm and actually controlled from a central control tower. It also had a very large forerunner defensive fleet uh, to keep it safe. And the foundry, the diameter of the rings that would be created there were 30,000 kilometers in size. So these things were massive. This is where the first halo array was created. And there were 12 rings created in that. So they had 12 30,000 kilometer di diameter rings uh, that also would be purposed as their weapons, but they were also biological preserve so um about eight thousand years later the lesser arc was um this one had eight arms and actually had an artificial sun to give it light because the forerunners could actually create planets and celestial bodies that's a useful uh, useful yes. little trick <clears throat> it had no defensive fleet because again it its main defense was because no one really knew where it was at um and, uh, and it's, this is the one that produced the 10,000-kilometer uh, diameter Halo rings that we know from the Halo games. And there was originally this... There were six rings, so... Um, and the lesser arc there was? Yeah, the... Yeah. the so, yes. So, um, again, the ring... The Halo array that was for, created out of the greater arc was, was known as the Senescent array. Again, it had mm -hmm. 12 Halo rings There were that were 30,000 kilometers. Now, mm -hmm. the way it fired... Um, it did not fire omnidirectionally. It actually fired in a, a conical pattern from outside, like centered on the ring. It shot out and there's a cone either way. Um, Green, I have a perfect example for you. So, you know, color spray from Critical Role? No! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know color spray. It's a cone. <laughs> yeah. Poor buddy. <laughs> And, uh, uh, sorry, okay. reference to the resist this when I forced Jay to watch uh, the Critical Role episode where Marisha's. Marisha played a bard for the first time and then color sprayed one of the other players who was playing an ogre. <laughs> she found out that color spray doesn't do much. <laughs> 
What color did she spray the ogre? <laughs> Technicolor. <laughs> it was the first time he actually saw because he couldn't see really well and he blind. got new goggles. His response was, oh, pretty colors. <laughs> But uh, yeah. real quick on on the halos when you when we say that they fire right I think I think it should be called out <laughs> the the disturbing manner in which these things work is and I think the I think both arrays use the same function right yes yep they both use the exact they, same function they vibrate you to death what they attack your yeah. nervous system. They literally and they, okay. and they destroy your they nervous go, system. So they turn you into jelly via vibration. Pretty much, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's a real life thing, by the way. Oh, I, I yeah, I, sound war. Mm-hmm. Yeah, five G. It's a thing, right? Mm-hmm. God, <laughs> don't need the freaking conspiracy theory stuff. I get enough of that with my mother. <sighs> so the but um, also on the senescent uh, array. Mm-hmm. That that was the one that they could they could lower it right. They didn't have to fire yes. it at eleven. They could they could lower it to a yes. Because was was the Sinicent array the one that they used for the um, prophets world? Y- yes, the Sinicent okay. array was. Uh, it could be fire. I mean, the now the the advantage that it had for shooting the way it did is that its range was hundreds of thousands of light years. Although it was kind of linear. Uh, but it could only be fi- you could adjust it to fire in one direction, and you could actually fire at a low power setting. Anyone who's seen Rogue One, the <laughs> low power setting of the Death Star. <laughs> you can choose to destroy a planet, or you could destroy an entire city. Take your pick. It's useful. Yes. No in between. <laughs> <laughs> Do you really need eh. an in between? I mean, <laughs> uh huh. There, there Dem- was demo there one. Was some, uh, yeah. If demo was, one doesn't work. You there was you could tune the arrays for the level uh, of destruction if you so chose to do so. Okay. Um, which Again, literally was done tuning. Just imagine the tuning fork. Oh, I am I'm familiar. <clears throat> yeah. Ah. Now, now the Neoteric array, the one that was created at the Lesser Arc, that one only had six ranks. They were ten thousand kilometers in diameter, and it fired omnidirectionally with a range of twenty five thousand light years. Uh, there was no you know, power adjustment. It was it. It fired at eleven, and that was it. It was a so, toggle. Well, technically, toggled it on, and it. <laughs> see, in reality, all the technology in the world for the giant weapon, mm-hmm. no finesse. Yes. Well, and and actually, technically, the Neoteric array shot at twelve, while the Senescent array yeah. had a max of eleven, but it could it could vary. Um, the reason, the kind of reason for that is when the, uh, Senescent Array fired, if there were beings on the ring, they would still live. They could, would feel some weird effects of, of the firing, but they, and they would get ill, but they wouldn't die. However, if you were on a Neoteric Ring Array when it fired, you died. It, so, it, it literally wiped everything out. Yeah. So, but... The um, like I said, right after the human uh, forerunner, forerunner roars, when Senescent Array was now, it ended up that uh, <clears throat> they went ahead and um, researched it. And after doing research and evaluation, they found some weaknesses that needed improved. Um, fun fact: 
the forerunner builder who actually headed this, um, his name was Maker. Sorry, the name was Maker of Moons. He was the one who presented the findings to the Ekman Council, and at some point was banished to a burn. Now, in a burn is a solar system that has been entirely taken over by the flood. Essentially, this is supposed to be a you know this is where you're sent to die. <laughs> okay. So, Key mines. Yes. So, um, uh, real quick, while we while yeah. we ponder on that subject of key mines and everyone gets nightmares, um, we're gonna take let's take a quick ad break and then we'll come back to uh, talk a little bit more about about that. What happened after that? Hey, I'm Tom and I'm Stuart, and we're from the Dungeons and Dragons Lorecast. We talk about all things connected to D and D lore. And we're on the Robots Radio Network. So if you're into Dungeons and Dragons or you're into lore, then come check us out. You can find us on any podcatcher, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, wherever you get podcasts. Roll more dice. That's the Dungeons and Dragons Lorecast. Okay, so we left on Key Mines. Mm -hmm. That's disturbing. Um, So what, so about, well, I guess what was, what's, what was the, why did he get banished? Why did uh, Maker of Moons get banished? A lot of it was because um, mainly Mr. Builder... Was it a political thing? They they had Mm. staked their entire reputation on this and finding out that there were problems. Even though it was one of their own, it was like, uh, we really don't want this going out, getting out there, because undermine their power. You know, they didn't want to let it go. So that's why they quietly moved on to build the, the, the lesser arc, but... They really didn't want anyone around you all the week. And <clears throat> although one of the biggest one of the biggest issues that Maker of Moons found out was that there was even going to be a problem getting the the rings in position in the position they needed to be in to fire. Why? What could possibly go wrong with <laughs> moving a thirty thousand kilometer <clears throat> ring through space? In in the Halo universe, there is something known as reconciliation. This is talking. This is in regards, and I I believe others now i know star wars and i don't think uh, star wars and star trek do not have anything like this although i think there's the concept of when you travel faster than light you build up a debt that has to be paid before you continue to travel faster than light it it, it deals with dimensional slip space travel so in halo in the simplest of terms slip space tra- travel racks up a debt against space time that payment of the debt is reconciliation and the bigger the object the re- Ex- uh, uh, reconciliation grows exponentially. So, if you're trying to move 12, 30,000 kilometer ring worlds through slip space into position, um, you essentially can shut down slip space. So, no this traffic. Exceeds, wait, this exceeds the bandwidth. This exceeds the bandwidth. Time out. Slip space is cable? <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. You have exceeded the bandwidth of reality. Please pause. Oh my... No! (laughs) That's insane. Okay. It would would be like... It would be like trying to play any multiplayer game... With Comcast. With a... No, well, probably more with a DSL line. With a three down, one up. Yeah. Oh, I... All I see see is the the meme of like... There's two... There's two pictures. They're the same. I don't see what the... I mean, I think in, in all reality, or in all seriousness, though, it is also a really interesting way of being like, no. Mm-hmm. Like, this is this is the DM just being like, no. 
<laughs> like, mm-hmm. just no. You can't. You can do one. Okay, we're going to do 12. Uh-uh. No. <laughs> I mean, and, and like, so it's just, not going to work. It's like, I mean, this was actually more prevalent in Forerunner society than society or in the Covenants as they didn't move anything that big. Right, um, right. But, you know, you know, Forerunners decide that they can build planets, systems, and things like that. So, yeah, let's yeah. move it. <laughs> Why not? Mm-hmm. I don't like this neighborhood anymore. Let's just pack up and leave. <laughs> All I have is now it's, a picture of a Forerunner a, Karen. <laughs> it's building a bookshelf or a desk in one room to move it to another room and not taking into account the size of the doorway. And the fact that you can't take the desk apart. Yes. So well, you can. You, well, I mean, you can take the desk apart. You just might not be able to put it back together once it's done, mm-hmm. which is actually a story that happened. <laughs> they they did that. To, that's how one of the the uh, lesser rings got created, if I remember correctly. Uh, it got it got trimmed down from. <laughs> well, yeah, kind, kind of a <laughs> little bit, a little bit. Excuse me. Now, one of the other things about the halo ring since there actually were some prototypes these were very small ones um and they were they didn't they weren't self-powered they had host facilities that powered them um they actually their max range was like a thousand kilometers and although it could be boosted in theory destroy an entire planet although it would probably suck the power of the host dry test and the interesting thing on this one is the testing for these prototypes when they fired um they could affect just one room and when they were tested, they utterly destroyed the sentient target, meaning there was nothing left, which is different than what final arrays were. The final arrays, they would de- they would kill uh, by destroying the nervous system, but would leave biomass. But, so this uh, is this is the difference between a, a dirty bomb and a nuclear bomb, basically. There's stuff left behind with the final product, but... <clears throat> yeah. And uh, so now the other part of... The Halo Rays, they like I said, they would double add biological preserves uh, where life workers keep an eye on whatever life's were there. Some some were hosted with humans, some with what were Sanghealy or grunts. I have to, I sometimes laugh, snicker at the idea of all the grunts on a ring world trying to figure out what the hell's going. <laughs> I just imagine like the the conversations, like they're having uh-huh. tea or coffee. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> The Halo 5 grunt. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, but uh, <clears throat> as kind of like a caretaker and researcher of the ring, each one was assigned a monitor. A monitor is a forerunner ancilla with aim for an AI. Uh, these are all considered smart AIs. Um, there's not a lot, not to go too deep in it, there's not a lot known on how these AIs were created too much. They did have some type of device that would get, compose biological material and make it digital. Uh, and so, that's one of the that's like the uh what are that what was that called that's the composer one of the bad guys uh didact yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. there's yeah. uh is it guilty Sp- was it guilty spark that we know we learned the origin of in the yeah. trilogy okay yeah there there's we know one human was uh he got stuck on installation zero seven which at that point in time had been uh, essentially the flood were running it, uh, for okay. lack of a better term. And while the forerunners took it back over, um, human who was known as Chakas was so badly hurt that uh, essentially the only way to get him to survive was to digitize him. They 
essentially created him, uh, they made him a monitor and just happened to name him 343 Guilty Spark and assigned him to Installation 04. So, but and thus the hatred began. Yes. <laughs> Anyone who's had to deal with waiting on him in the library <laughs> on legendary runs, yeah. Uh, before you, before learning all the speed running gotcha. tricks. He takes his sweet time. Mm-hmm. He was the basis for our ghost. Oh. <laughs> Especially the door opening part. It's like... Have you noticed they haven't made us do use ghost for that for a while? I think they're finally getting the hint that we think ghost is terrible at it. Well, there's some what? snark in Beyond Light about him hacking things. <laughs> yep. Well, was it on Omnigol Strike? That one of the lines you can get from Eris yes, was... Yes, Eris. Eris. And in the Traveler's Dying Breath, it created the ghosts <laughs> to open doors. doors. <laughs> yep. So, sorry. Didn't mean to take that on a thing. Um, <laughs> no, I'm good. So, obviously, it wasn't just the monitors. There was a whole host of other um, AI to repair, maintain, and defend the rings. Uh you know, for protected from damage, contained flood specimens of that nature. These were the sentinels. There were constructors, aggressors, enforcers. Again, just different levels, but different things that they did. Um, I know in Halo Outpost, they said how many were actually on each ring, and it was in the millions, because I cannot yeah, remember the exact number, and it's driving it was me up a damn an wall. astronomical number. And they, they also, wasn't it, they also said that there was more than what we had seen, too. Because wasn't yeah. that one of the things that we're supposed to be seeing some new ones in Infinite? I think so, yeah. We, I mean, obviously, we're, the, the constructors were ones that we saw in Halo 5. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were the ones that, at the very end, uh, pulled the Cryptum off of the Guardian that was leaving that had Blue Team in it. The aggressors are the ones where we are used to seeing in-game. That, Pickle uh, rifles. <clears throat> yes, the ones that that, that go that um, fight the flood and then us. The enforcers are the really really big ones that we first come across in Halo Two, mm. if I remember correctly. They're they look like uh, they look like two hooks suspended from a central post kind of a thing, and they have shield. They have one big shield in the center. So I mean, and there's plenty of other types. There are strato sentinels that are that are were used in like the creation of the halo rings, uh, collectors that, uh, would go and that would farm the planetary bodies and things like that. So there are a whole host of different sentinels. We've seen, we've in game, we've some, we've actually seen a very small. So, um, next up are the environments of the ring. Uh, Again, the the rings, even though they're weapons, they'd be habitats and biological preserves. They had terrestrial surfaces they had a wide range of environments and climates you had deserts you had uh, temperate regions you had mountain snow you know, one of the one of the interesting parts is one of your first in the first two or three missions of halo combat evolved you're in kind of a temperate climate woods trees and then all of a sudden assault on the control room you come out a door and it's snow and there's also a swamp too when you yep. first find the flood when you like mm-hmm that's on the really? level keys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're getting yeah. into the swamp. You go, you go to the temperate world or temperate <clears throat> environment. You go underground, and then I can't remember if if I can't remember if you meet Guilty Spark or what. But then you end up in the swamp. That's when you find the flood, and then after yeah. that's the snow world 
or snow okay. environment. No. Well, no, or is, did were, I get that backwards? No, you you actually go into that in snow and control room twice. Uh, there's one right. okay. before you meet Spark, and then one after. Um, so what ends up happening? I'm trying to. Okay, so. Cortana sends you to stop, like after you, it's the first uh, first control room, you get in there, you plug into Cortana, and she just tells you you need to find and stop them. She's really, really vague at that point. At that point in time, you're, you're, the next mission opens up and you're dropped in a swamp. You go underground, fight through a bunch of Covenant. That's where the first time you come across the flood, you fight your way back out to the swamp, and that's where you meet Guilty Spark, who takes you that's to right. the library. And so these are facilities that every ring has right is control room library and then there's another one that you haven't met i don't think you've mentioned yet the cartographer correct yeah so uh, you know obviously control room is where you fire from the library is uh where the one thing the books are yeah well every (laughs) not really every ring you liar i know that much Every ring to actually fire it requires something. Known I'm as still here. Dust. I'm still paying attention. So I call you on your. Uh, anyway. So um, and the library is where the index was actually stored. Now the way the forerunners created this, only what they claimed as a reclaimer, which ended up being a human, could um, could get the index and insert it in to fire the ring. Uh, and then the cartographer was just what it is. It's a it's the map of the ring. We actually see this in order of... In Halo CE, we come across the, cartog- the silent cartographer, which uh, was... <clears throat> which actually was the mission that was released in demo uh, for Halo CE. Um, we then come across control room, library, and then back to the control room. There are also a number of other research facilities. Flood containment, which if you've played any of the games, you've come across that number of areas. And there's the teleportation grid, which allows for transportation, excuse me, across the ring. This is what Guilty Spark Unisport Chief back and forth. It's the one that Cortana got hold of and used uh, to transport Chief uh, to the Truth and Reconciliation. Upside down, albeit, but she still <laughs> teleported them there. She got it. That was on purpose, though. No, well, that was that was Cortana being. Why are there six pedals if there's only four directions? Why? It was that was still one of the it's still one of the funniest scenes in all of Halo, where all of a sudden you you like because when you're teleported in, it looks like you're right side up, and then everything flips, and you just see Chief (laughs) fall on his head. That's awesome. And it's like, oh, those needed to be, like, she says something about those coordinates needed to be flipped, and she's kind of going on and on. All of a sudden, you see Chief take his hand and smack the side of his helmet. <laughs> right. Sorry. It's like, stop. <laughs> so, okay. So, now we come to the fun part of the Halo race, the firing of it. So, it, when they fire, they use lethal radiation. It's like I said, it's designed to kill all life. Um. In Halo parlance, they release a burst of cross-phase supermassive neutrinos, which I think is nothing more than a bunch of scientific words that were put together to look good. Um, kind of like Destiny? Kind of, yeah. Wait. And then it provides a, a, har- uh, a, a harmonic frequency. Um, this frequency tuned to destroy the nervous system of any organism that has one, no matter how rudimentary. So other than maybe like single-cell organisms and like that, those are the only ones who would ever escape uh, a ring. And also it can be tuned. So... You, in theory, could kill 
different levels of sentience. So you could kill all humans, but leave all animals if you really wanted to. So um, the way it was powered, it's just vacuum energy siphoned from local space time. So essentially it okay. taps into the local slip space, pulls it and allow, and then uses that as the end of fire. Um, there are a number of, on every ring, there's a number of phase pulse generators. Um, we've seen them. Um, they're the, they're kind of the same things that are the, the communication ones that, sh- that we use, you see shooting towards like up in the air on the halo rays. Those are kind of the phase pulse generators. We in Halo CE, you take three of them offline by using, but, and then what happens is those generators will channel all the set, all the power to the center of the ring, actually the, so the center, and then once it's fully concentrated, the belt blast is released and it goes outward in all directions. Um, as I said before, on a senescent array, beings on the array would survive the blast. They would just be ill. Um, you see this in the Forerunner trilogy in Primordium, which is the second book, um, where there's a test firing of the ring. On the Neoteric array, that doesn't, there is no, if you're on the surface, you're dead. Um, so the effects being in range of an array firing would cause any sentient um, being to have their nervous system. Now, the biomass, however, isn't. So essentially, you have this lump of stuff sitting there, and normally, it would essentially, because as it, it would um, decay, rot, and it would actually poison um, the planet. Now, in preparation for the firing, because again, the foreigners knew that this was a weapon of last resort and they would have to do it, they actually treated all the worlds with a type of solute that, after the firing, would cause any amount of biomass to immediately decay into its base molecule. In essence, it you know it, you could fire the array and then right after that <clears throat> start reseeding like repopulating from the uh the the races that you had saved that were either at the on <clears throat> in shield worlds on the arc or elsewhere that were outside of the the range of the array um in the halo universe in 2332 geologists um were checking number of planets and they all found at about what would be the same developmental cycle probably like a hundred thousand years prior it looked like in the structure it just looks like there's a mass extinction event that was on numerous planets. It's why it's now thought that that was the, when the halo rings fired. And it became known as the Ross Ziegler blip. And kind of taking ourselves out of it. Obviously, part of this is named after Bonnie Ross, who is head of 343. So, Not Bob Ross? No. Oh. Although there are Sorry. there are a number of pretty little trees. Just little in, happy, in happy, mistakes. happy mistakes. Yes. Just happy mistakes. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, Sorry, I'll just find something here. And then the only way to, like I said, the only way to survive the firing of a halo ray would be in a shield world out of range, <laughs> meaning outside of the galaxy. Or um, you can survive if the ring is incomplete. This is what we see in Halo 3 when the ring is fired to destroy the flood. Uh, <clears throat> and uh, um, essentially Chief and the Arbiter survive. That's kind of the basics. Of- so you vibrate to death and then from your goop something emerges yes done gonna pass this test if i don't well maybe the goop will the goop will pass the test the goop goop gosh what is that that's um (laughs) what's that netflix show it's goop i'm gonna have to look this up now buggy me now when you talk about goop i actually think of a nickelodeon show Oh, that's where, that's usually where it is, but hang on. No, it it gets, it, oh man, it gets so much better. Hang on. It's funny. 
unless I'm thinking of something different. I might be thinking of something different. But yes, Goop Goop is also the Nickelodeon. The um, what was that? The the disgusting green, or that was slime. Slime. <clears throat> Which was so green. Disturbing. Mm-hmm. What do you think? I think that the halo arrays are a sign of overcompensa- overcompensation to the nth degree. You would it be wrong? Oh. Uh, <clears throat> mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just sorry. I'm just what Jay just put in chat. Yeah. Um, I know. I know. I saw it too, which is why I was like, <laughs> it's hilarious. Okay. But, but yeah, pseudosciences are amazing. But yes. So yes, the, uh, I mean, I think I think the the cool thing with the way that they've kind of blended everything together within Halo from a story perspective is they kind of took like a multitude of different science fiction worlds and smushed them together into which mm-hmm. I mean, which is how you tell a new story, anyways, right? That's kind of you take all the different things that you like about different stories and you you make it you make it your own distinctly. Um, and so, like with the Halo array, I think that's it's it's super important to the underlying story and i think sadly like a lot of it you don't you see it in action in the games but i don't think you ever actually get really a lot of it explained in the games no sure. you really don't but but then again it's it's not something explained in game yeah um honestly some of the stuff can get a little dry with it until you start going into it does what when it fires <laughs> See yeah, I remember. I remember when I found that out, and I was like, "Wait, hang on, back up." <laughs> it does what? Yeah, it destroys it's your like, nervous system. I'm like, like just, oh my god, because I remember they did that in. I think it was was that Evolutions that they did the the animated scene where it was like it was uh, Origin Origins, Origins one and Origins two from Halo Legend. Um, it's the the individual. It's free on Netflix. I would highly recommend everyone watch it's it. Amazing. It's amazing. Uh, I mean, even Odd Man Out, which is definitely not canon, but is hilarious. <laughs> is that the one where they ride Don't the dinosaur? Don't mess with Mama. <laughs> yes. It takes it takes all the fun of Griff Ball <laughs> and puts it in a comic <laughs> or a cartoon. <clears throat> but, but, but yeah, but yeah, you see that in Origins where uh, it shows the representation of the firing of the ring and essentially yeah, causing it, a, a grunt to disintegrate is what mm-hmm. it definitely it definitely like that that particular thing it definitely reminds me of like the the imagery that we get from you know like nuclear bombs from world war ii and stuff like that from those firing off and the, the destruction that that causes is it's like mentally that's like how i kind of wrap my head around the level of destruction these things can cause. I mean, obviously on a, on a much larger scale, but like the, the, the depth to which this thing will destroy is that that's how I, I remember being like, that's not, you know, that's not, that's not just like, Oh, it's just going to kill. Like, it's just going to wipe things out. No, it, it like wipes things out to a point where there is nothing left. Um, yeah. And, and I think one of the other things that actually makes it kind of tragic is, um, the forerunners really didn't have any other choice. Now it became a heavily politicized thing and whatnot, but you know, without going to you, you were faced with an implacable foe uh, that really nothing else you did worked, uh, and it was senti enough to you know, as it fed, it grew larger, it grew stronger, more intelligent, and it learned about you. So 
it's kind of an extreme, you know, it's take the leg to save to save the body kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Well, so, and talking yeah. and talking about the history, we'll 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 definitely dive into that with the next the next session, their next episode. Um, but that being said, do you guys want to do a quick round of shout outs? I know Green, you're gonna you're gonna take off for before the next one, so we'll let you lead the mm-hmm. shout outs. Um, my shout outs are actually gonna go to most likely something that happened in the past. By the time this podcast comes out. Uh, it is to the Termino voice actors who volunteered to help put Emilent together, Emilent 1 and 2. Uh, they did an amazing job, and Rindle, Rindle Zivas, actually had spearheaded the whole thing. He was the one who gathered everybody together, got all the audio files that I needed, and just basically put it all in a box for me, and... He even did some of the editing on the ghost sounds in uh, St. 14. So big, big shout out and thank you to him and to the rest of the team that helped with that. Nice. And Pens, what about you? Um, Again, just to you guys, thank you. I know it's been rough trying to get some of the notes down and get everything. You guys are patient enough with me to have me on. Uh, I still sometimes ask why me. (laughs) But uh, If you see the notes that we get given from Pens, you would understand why (laughs) You should see the chat of when Orca discovered the Halo notes that Pins gave us today. She's like, what is this? I'm like, this is why we ask Pins to, to join I us for the Halo thorough. chat. Yes, he is. This is, this is oh, why. <laughs> oh. Uh, yeah. Um, but definitely just thank you. And thanks for everyone who listened to my rambling. Hope you pull something from it. Awesome. Yeah. And, you know, again, for, for my, for my two cents, you know, thank you pens for, for jumping on with us and, mm-hmm. and taking us through this. And I mean, it's a huge, huge in- time investment and we really do. We really do appreciate that and you sharing that information with us. Um, so as always, thank you for your time. And until next time, remember with wisdom, we conquer, stand strong, stand tall and keep exploring. With that, we'll begin to wrap the chat up. Thank you again to those over on Twitch for coming to spend your evening with us. If you'd like to join us for the live streaming of the episodes, please be sure to give us a follow over on twitch.tv slash focusedfirechat. Links to all our episode archives can be found at www.thelorenetwork.com. Please be sure to email us at focusfirechat at gmail.com with any comments and or questions for the team concerning the podcast. And let us know how we're doing by giving us some feedback and a rating over on iTunes as well. So until next time, focus your fire and may your light shine bright. You've been listening to a Robots Radio podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net.